Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Listen to my body. Lately, never have a calmly that with anything they ever gave me, you should always know that I cannot let go. the body protest. In this podcast, we combine storytelling and science to better understand our relationship with our bodies. I'm Honey Ross. And I'm Nadia Craddock. And this is season four. Three, two, two one. one. Hi, Hi, body, body protesters. <laughs> I um, actually covered my eyes. <laughs> I had to with my eyes. hands, <laughs> like the monkey emoji. <laughs> Why? Like, we get so shy with each other. It's quite sweet. It's actually, we are quite cute, aren't we? We're very cute. We are. We are. Inside and out, which is nice. Um, Not that that matters, but you know. (laughs) Can you believe it's the final episode of the season? I cannot, honestly. It's like, what a whirlwind. What a season. We've talked to so many amazing people as well. Do you have any reflections or any conversations that particularly stood out to you, spoke to your soul? I think for me, it's like they all do in their own way. And I think what I always think about is just how grateful I am for people being so generous and open with us. Completely. Um, and how we ask some like difficult questions, I think. It's hard to, to talk about some of these topics, but I think people are very generous. And it always I just feel it's such a honour to listen to what people have to say and how they've kind of figured things out and continue to figure things out and navigate the world that we live in in relation to their body so I think I think that's what I think about it how about you what any any big reflections or thoughts about this series in particular no I think I really that's I feel very similarly that you do of I'm just constantly so grateful that people are so generous with us and so open and vulnerable and yeah are willing to kind of share things that are very personal and I'm I'm really appreciative and I know it you know it this podcast has helped me so much and I just hope it's helped other people um and we just yeah I love making it and I just love working with you and Daisy our wonderful producer it's been a great season lovely I love how the end of our seasons we just go into we just get a little mushy we love each other (laughs) we love because we do it's nice I'm like hey feelings don't scare me hey (laughs) hey let's talk about emotions baby (laughs) absolutely no one will stop I'm like I've just become this lovely love fest and I think yeah all of our guests and I just I think I'm always like oh it'd be so I want one day to have 
all of our guests all come together. Body protest all stars. Just like for my like <laughs> for like our party. Like, you know, just come and the amount of like COVID post COVID dinners we've been promised from our guests, I'm like, they better make good. Like the minute the sheet was knocky, I'm still like that is like on my like list of the things that knocky. I will be coming back to. Well, this actually is a wonderful segue. Scott's lemon pie. Scott's pie. Lemon meringue pie. We've got a lot of desserts. We've got to go to Melbourne. To collect. (laughs) We've got a lot of travelling. But we'll go body protest on tour, food tour. That'll be, oh, I love that. Yeah, I would like like the food tour, but I would also like everyone to come together at some magical point. Which I don't know how feasible that would be, but I just like to imagine it. But maybe maybe body protest fest. 2025 <laughs> like we when we have more capacity i'm not gonna make that's not a concrete promise so don't uh, don't hold me to that but could be nice um let's get into the episode our final episode of the season it's a really special one um we are talking to pop star extraordinaire self-esteem rebecca lucy taylor oh my god i so i think this happens to me every now and again but i was so taken by what she was saying I just stopped talking <laughs> I just was like... no I was entranced by her truly I hear it so this is a little uh this episode we do talk about uh sexual assault so that is just a warning if this is not the episode for you we completely respect that and we do try and handle it sensitively but of course you know you know yourself if it's not the episode for you we will understand and you join us next season and we can't wait um, but yeah, Rebecca was so incredibly open and honest with us. It was a really special episode, I think. Um, I'm really proud to be ending with this one, actually. Yes, and she did say for us to go to one of her concerts. So honey, please, can we do that? Can, uh, no, can that be a 2022 <laughs> plan? Honestly, can we go? I will scream if we don't. Like, I have to see her sing Prioritise Project live. Like, I love her so much. I'm like a proper fangirl. Like, I, I mean, and I think you will hear this as the podcast goes on. I am gushing about Rebecca. Uh, but at one point, she did say she wanted to take my pants off. Or she said she wanted to take her, her pants off or something. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I think it's so interesting how we both react when we're kind of in awe. So I think you gush and I just go silent. <laughs> <laughs> no, true. Uh, yeah, it does show us very much like this is how this is our coping in this moment. This is how we react to like people we really like, like. I, I like scattergun love at them. Like I'm literally like, you're so beautiful. I'm, I'm obsessed with you. And it's like, what's why? Chill out, honey. But anyway, I don't think we scared her off and we will be going to your show. Uh, Rebecca, this is now directly to you if you are listening. But anyway, we really hope you enjoy this episode. It means a lot to us and we hope you've enjoyed the season. Please let us know if you have um, and subscribe to our Patreon. Here is self-esteem. Yeah, call me Rebecca, but my artist name is Self Esteem. I'm a musician. I was in a band for 10 years and then I wanted to do it on my own and not have people telling me no anymore. So I did, I've, I, I took the leap and, and I've done two records as a solo artist. And the first one was like, I had a great time and I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> it was, uh, I guess it didn't really work. And then this one, I'm having, you know, winning all the awards and everyone's going mad for me and I'm, BBC introducing artists of the year and all that kind of shit. So, um, yes, now I'm a thing, apparently. But I've always been a thing. You've <laughs> always been I'm a concerned. thing. Well, yeah, what, what is it? It takes 10 years to make an overnight success, right? Yeah, you know, like, 
I, True. you know, I am such a fan of this album and I feel like I'm excited to go back and listen to all of your work. Amazing. I'm really curious how you came to settle on self-esteem as a stage name. Um, well, I literally was having a conversation 10 years ago about how band names are bad, you know? Like, if you think about it, the band has to become good for the band name to not be a terrible band name. So, apart from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, which I think is a great band name. So, and I was always... I always said if I ever had started another band, I'd call it self-esteem or sex appeal. And then when I was trying to sort of plotting to try and get out of the band and, and start my own thing, it felt very brutal to be like, and now I'm going to do the Rebecca Lucy Taylor album. Fuck you guys, you know? And, and so calling it an artist name or project name helped me be like, it's just a different thing I'm doing. It's not the end of our band, you know? And, 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 and it, which helps absolutely nobody. <laughs> but I... I I called it that just just because I wanted a sort of way to do it. Um and, and it is a solo project, but I, I also think like calling it self-esteem has been accidentally like profoundly um uh, pr- prophetic or something because I didn't have any, you know? And I didn't care that I didn't have any and I didn't know uh and and what the project itself has done and me going solo has done as has taught me the importance of self-esteem and therefore I've got like loads of it now. And I'm like, oh, that's a lovely narrative arc for the um for the biopic. But uh but yeah, that's how we got there. That's amazing. I love that. I love the arc. Um and <laughs> actually relates very nicely to a question that we ask all of our guests on the show. If you could tell us a little bit about your relationship with your body growing up. So as much as you feel comfortable. Oh God, yeah. I mean I think about this all day, every day, honestly. And, and there's five women in my band and, and and we're all, it really dawned on me recently, we are all like a lifetime, um, you know, it's a lifetime of being adult with worrying about it. And that's like so unfair, isn't it? But yeah, my, my, my relationship has always been, I mean, truthfully, it's like, oh, um, you need to lose weight, has been like the narrative since I'm mm. 12, 13 or something. Do you know what I mean? And no one in my family put that on me or anything like that, but it's just the motherfucking societal bullshit mm-hmm. really got to me because I wanted to be a pop star then. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be all these things. That, and I've just all... And they, they were always like... It's just a feedback loop within women for me that was, you know, mm-hmm. so my school friends were... Remember, like, the hottest girl in school was like, I'm fat every fucking two days. And it'd be like, well, if you're fat, what the fuck am I? And then, like, round and round you go and then you... Obviously, my 20s were really fraught with men actually breaking my heart. <laughs> and, and I'm really ashamed to admit it, but I guess here we go. It's like every time a man has, like, you know, broken up with me or, or chosen someone else or cheated, cheated on me or whatever, just always, like, so quickly, I'll, I'll just whiplash around to, like, oh, it's because, like, you're not hot enough or something. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that in my brain. Uh, and that's changed now thank fuck but yeah it's it's always been this like thing I don't I didn't appreciate didn't like get uh I was just ashamed of all the time and and I'm gorgeous do you know what I mean what am I on about (laughs) (laughs) but not that like you have to be gorgeous but like still I'm like bitch you look good fuck off you know like stop it but uh, yeah and I'm fascinated by it and and I mean, you can hear in the records, but I'm a real, like, therapy nut now. And the last four or five years of my life have really been penny-dropping moments in terms of 
feminism and, and uh, self-esteem and my place in the world and like what is bullshit and what what's what's made my 20s very difficult uh, um and and one of the things I've you know it sometimes it comes in a bit but like something I'm very fucking passionate about is is ending that bullshit for my brain and therefore other people's brains no, and I think that feeds in really nicely to a follow-up, which is, you know, would you mind sharing some of those kind of penny drop moments or those, uh, we like to call them aha moments, that's what Oprah calls them, which is... Yeah, you know, oh, is it, I yeah. I stand by that. <laughs> yeah. But it's that thing of, you know, what what were those things where you went, hang on, this is really, this really is bullshit and I do deserve better. Like, what what were those things for you? Just, just as well, just to add as well, I, I went through a really severe breakup and did what I never did every time I would, um so all, all the times I'd break up so I felt less than or whatever I'd be like you need to lose weight and um but I never would <laughs> and then um I did get a boyfriend that was so bad that I actually finally cre- you know developed what we would now say is a is a fucking eating disorder do you know what I mean and shrunk and then started to like be over obsessed about my body and over sort of I gave it too much attention. It didn't deserve, you know, me just being shrunken didn't really deserve the love it deserves all the time, you know what I mean? But mm. I went through, that's where it was like this horror, I was, and I was a right dickhead for a bit. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think I was like, I thought I was it for a bit. And, and that's well, bullshit. No, but I hear yeah. this. <laughs> so, that, so the sort of, the one end of the scale to the other, literally, and um, in terms of like, what what I was I was like um, when I put, so the penny dropping on the ahas they 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 start really going like oh you were no happier when you were this size that you thought you should be um, my life actually got messier and more horrid and so uh, that's logic logic wise let's start there <laughs> yeah. and then I did I had a really beautiful relationship I came out and you know and had I had a much more the beginning of what has now become what I'm like now, which is like a balanced, fucking nice, natural, communicative relationships with people. Um, and that that was helpful to just begin the process of, it is never your body. It's just the relationships aren't right. And like, and it's misogyny, it's just the inherent patriarchal bullshit that, that makes you do that in, in your brain. And, 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 and recent, even, even recently, I, I'm working on being like, not giving myself a hard time that it isn't my fault that my brain will ping pong to that. I'm not like a stupid idiot because I sometimes, because my, because my wiring is like, you need to lose weight um, mm. to get a boyfriend or whatever. Completely. Well, it's that complicated thing of like, it's almost you hear the voice of the most popular girl in school in your head in the darkest moments or you hear those societal inputs and it's like learning to have the self-compassion and going like, that's not me. Like, this is a voice mm. that has been put in my head by someone else. This has nothing to do with me. This is societal. This was predetermined. And, like, I think that's something I love so much about your music is I think you really teach women to practice positive self-talk and you are and you acknowledge negative self-talk. And that's something that, you know, you hear the voices in other people. You hear the voices that you're hearing. And I, I love yeah. that. I think that's something that's really yeah. powerful about your music that really touched me. Yeah, I think... I, I'm, Trying, obviously I'm doing a lot of interviews at the minute and, and, and through them I've actually figured it out a bit like what am I on about what am I doing and I do think it is because of my you know you know 30, 30 years shall we say of really worried all the time embarrassed of myself just so full of shame 
really sure I'm the biggest loser in the room, you know. And and that got backed up by evidence, <laughs> which were, which was, you know, people, you know, I had some awful, like, and a couple of really narcissistic, you know, textbook classic, you know, bad, bad horrible bastard boyfriends that, and I was so ready for someone to be like, you're not good enough or bring me down a peg or two. But like, I was really good at what I did and I am really good. I'm really talented and I'm brilliant and I'm a um, fun, nice person. But also was like, the world didn't treat me like that. Uh, but that wasn't the world's fault particularly. It was just, I think I was unlucky. And uh, and so when a man in particular wanted to go, you are your shit, all that confidence, I was like, okay, that's just misplaced. So that's like, like um, I've made that up. You you must be right, you know, and 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 that's how you know all my twenties were just commandeered by that feeling. So now what I do, I think, for work, is do, sort of show you before you can tell me my flaws, or or, or or sort of live so completely vulnerably and and um on show, and 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 you've got all the facts, so you can't be mad with me, you can't, <laughs> you know, be. You can't say anything to me I don't already know or have already worried about anyway. And, and like, yeah, it's a sort of weird, like, self-preservation. I feel bulletproof now because you can't, because it's there. I'm not, I'm not lying or trying to be anything else. So why would you try and make me be? I don't know if that makes sense. That does make sense. And it is also, you know, very fitting to your name of self-esteem of like, you've just you've improved your relationship with your self-esteem and you hold yourself highly in your mind and that is the most important thing of like I definitely relate to having abusive narcissistic exes and I completely mm. hear that and that's the thing if you get so used to waiting for someone to knock you down a few pegs that the minute someone does you're like ah they must have been right and like it's all there we are so powerful it's like did you like what after it first happened to me I got a Somebody gave me a book about it, which is, and I was like, it was like a tick box. Yes, of like you read through, like yeah, and you're like, oh, this is a whole thing. They should teach it in schools. Like it's insane that I was like, oh, it was as if like they were like, okay, you will be visited by a ghost on Christmas Eve, uh, and I and I was like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like Scrooge going, oh wait a minute, they told me this was gonna happen. Like it was yeah, wild. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, right. But then the thing is as well, it's. I think what I think is so beautiful about your music is you hear how even after you've left those relationships, those voices stay with you and those experiences stay with you. And it's so true of like, it's a constant unlearning and a constant like, go like, no, no, I'm good enough. I'm here. You know, like just Not even fair. turning up in any state is good enough. Like, but like you said, you are, you are a good, fun, beautiful, cool person. You've got a great brain. Like no one can take that from you. No one can take your art from you. Like, that is all yours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No one can tell you shit. Yes, exactly, exactly. And it, but listen, it comes for me weekly. Still, you know, I'm not. I, I think it, this is an ongoing thing until I'm dead. I have a feeling as I go, in, you know, into my forties and fifties, I've got a bit of a feeling it'll be a right laugh <laughs> because <laughs> it, there's something about letting go of this, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I think just be the longer you're alive, I think helps. And and then if also if you're like me, who is obsessed with, I just I am obsessed with just not having to live like that anymore. You know, I refuse. It's just not fair. And that's what I hope my music does for people. It speeds it up a bit. I hope I pennies are dropping all up and down the bloody country for women who aren't married with kids yet. Going like, oh, well, that's also doesn't mean I'm not a failure. Like I'm so passionate about that. <laughs> 
Cut to me like getting married and having a baby and, and everyone loves <laughs> me, but yeah. <laughs> like I thought, five years ago, I thought such finite truths um, that I would now be like, oh God, I don't, that, I mean, I was really, that was generalisation or like, you, you know, you didn't know anything yet, you know, missy kind of thing. So right now, as I sit here thinking I'm wise and I know all these things and I, I believe my decision making is correct. In five years' time, it won't. It, maybe I won't be like that, and I'll have found new things out, and and that's the biggest lesson I, I've learned is like this. This is ongoing until it isn't, and you you can never. You just have to be open to and curious to and, and ready to learn rather than being, because some of the things I think now I might be like, oh, well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to stand by. Oh, I think that message of it being it's not fair is so powerful because I think it's so easy to internalise the problem and think it's an us problem. It's like a me problem as opposed to something that's much bigger. And when you see that it's actually it's affecting everyone you know or the majority of the people that you know at least then you're like oh no this is not just a me problem this is a much much bigger problem. And I think that's a really powerful reminder. And then the other thing you're saying about how you can still have bad days you can still have days where those thoughts creep in and I think we talk about that in terms of body image flexibility in terms of you can have the buffers to feel good in your body but that's still you can still hold those things at the same time and be and just recognize it and think oh oh I'm thinking some things that are like not Mm -hmm. not helpful interesting Uh I wonder what that's about I wonder what that's going on and I think it's so common to let other people have the power to say to talk about ourselves and it's like no actually we can reclaim that and be like no and all of those positive things that you're saying and like I am this I am that we have the power to do that yeah I think it should be a national outcry that my album has been such a big deal (laughs) 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 everybody losing their mind going oh my god I feel like two no one's ever said it before I'm like what this is I I'm not saying much you know I'm, I'm really not saying that much radical stuff but this shows you how, how you know, kept bloody quiet we've we've been, and 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 you have to, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm shocked at how, you know, how uh, people have taken this album and been so 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 grateful to me for saying it. Um, and you're right, and and the community from it, and the sort of like I, whatever happens in my career, now, I could flop, I could bomb, I could go out first on Strictly, fine, but like I've done this, and I don't feel, I feel. Like, I'm not alone anymore. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah. And, and I hope, you know, every, I think more, the more and more we can be like this, the better. Because it's like a mass bluffing, isn't it? Like, we've been fed a lie. And it really well, is like... We're all holding oh. it up together, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And if we all were to simultaneously drop it, mm-hmm. good things mm-hmm. might happen. And yeah. I think it's, it's up to, you know, people like you are doing the Lord's work right now of, like, making people feel less alone in the carrying, in the weight that we all carry, this kind of patriarchal weight. Like, you know... I, I listen to the three, four, five and sing it to myself in the mirror and like cry, you know, it's so, <laughs> hearing that I was like, I remember, I think you posted it early when that album first came out on Instagram of someone had tweeted like, Rebecca, like self-esteem is like the wise woman in the toilet at the club <laughs> going, break up with your boyfriend. <laughs> like, and it really is, you know, it's important, you know, that it's that camaraderie and saying you're not alone in this this is a shared burden and we are all part of this together and it's just I love that you it's an outcry of like I don't know it's just calling for women to ask for more and I think that's so powerful of going like you can be 
multifaceted and messy and all of these wonderful, complicated, beautiful, fully functioning things. Like, there's so much in our existence. When they were like, oh, you know, the Barbies came out being like, you could be a secretary or whatever. I'm like, oh. they think like that was enough. Like, okay, cool. We've told women they can have jobs. Cool. Um, and there's never been another, in my lifetime, I wasn't like... I'm shocked at how unfucking feminist I've been. My, you know, only recently, and I'm, I'm like, wow. And that's not because I'm a dickhead. It's because there was no access to anything. It wasn't, you know, there's nothing. How do you learn anything unless it's on the telly? But it's so true because it's getting it out there in an accessible way. That it's communicating those messages in a way that people are ready to listen and want to listen. And I think that's what's particularly powerful about it to me. Yeah, I think that I, I just, I truly, I, I'm not being like, I'm just clever oops <laughs> but um <laughs> but I really did just make this because I didn't give a shit anymore I was like what do I want to make and I because I for a long time wanted my life to change I wanted to be listened to and looked at and a thing and um and it just can't you know in conjunction with my therapy and all, all the rest of it I was like you're gonna just have a miserable life if you constantly desperately want this next thing so make what you want to make say what you want to say and and it really was that organic and then now i it really is like backdated am i going oh i'm saying something people don't say and oh wow we think people really do need this and you know like i've accident is accidental um which you know now my third album will be like <laughs> I'll be too self-aware and you'll be like this is unlistenable live laugh love shit yeah. it's funny that is a good lesson for everyone though as well just if you're a music or not to be like if you're so obsessed with the next thing and this is maybe I'm talking to myself here but like, but if you're yeah. so obsessed with the next thing that you're not enjoying the process and you're just going to be miserable in that you, yeah. you're just on that wheel like trying to catch something that's always like the goalpost is always moving yeah it's a hard one that it's really hard especially for me I've always been like what's next what's next what's next but try I mean mindfulness and all that I'm like be in the moment <laughs> like I can't do it like enjoy the journey like, enjoy the journey fast. enjoy the process I think screaming mindfulness into your psyche <laughs> isn't how they think you should do it but but you know whatever works <laughs> yeah but um yeah just letting go and, and and if you apply that to life as well because I do you know whatever's gonna happen is it's coming for you whether you engineer it or not or whether you you play the game with the guy you've just met and, you know, like, te don't text him back and all that sort of thing. Don't be too keen, all that shit. I'm like, nah, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I was saying to Honey before we started, you're the first pop star I have ever spoken to. Probably the only pop star I will ever speak to. So, so I'm having true. a moment. <laughs> um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the music industry. How did you get into music? What has your experience been like so far in the music industry? And what gave you the push to create this space for yourself? Yeah, I, so yeah, so like I said, I was in a band. I, I want, I really want to be an actress. <laughs> and I still think I could have a real gaga pivot, to be honest. <laughs> I, so I was upset. I'm like, I was, I sang at school, I played the drums. I was obsessed with music. I was like, music was my thing. I was like a dickhead, you know? I was like, ugh, about other bands. Or so like, we'd only go and see <laughs> certain things, like awful. Uh, so I was always wanting to do it. And, and at the same time as trying to be, get into drama school, I, I'd started a band. And 
I got no's from drama school auditions and got yeah, go on then's from uh, the music industry basically. So my me and this guy had a band. We toured up and down the fucking country for ten years. I went did four albums um, and was on an indie label. Everyone I worked with was a man. Perfectly nice man, you know. No one. I, I actually none of my horror stories were from any of the immediate people involved in Slow Club. The band never got there, in my opinion. You know, we never broke through. We never had a big moment. We never, we, no, no one, like gigs were always like, please sell out. If they did, great. But it was never, you know, all the, and I'm ambitious and I love, I love telly shit. I love, I love all the things you're not meant to love if you're an indie musician. I love the photo shoots, love the videos. I love all of it. And, you know, but I was with, you know, a handful of men that really didn't want to do it like that. They wanted to be artists that don't care, you know, and, and, and that, as you can imagine, was very <laughs> anti-me, but I, but it felt like if I try to be like that, maybe I'll be more popular <laughs> within, within the band. I don't know. Just didn't work anyway, whatever. Uh, so I had a sort of miserable time where I felt really like I can't be myself. I can't get anything done. And my ambition is like really regarded as like icky, and and that was a tough thing to do because we'd get reviews back and you know that would talk about my voice or something, and I would be really worried because I'd be like, oh, that's shit, that's gonna annoy them, you know. And then I was like, in what world? It was like Dusty Springfield. They were like, oh no, they told me I'm good. <laughs> they said I can sing in a review. What help, you know? And and that and and so from that sort of point and. I I was just sort of begging for help and, and in terms of the management as well. I'm a bit like, I've got all these ideas and it, and it just a bit more like just stay in your lane, you know, ultimately is what ended up happening. And uh, which you can apply to my experience of just being a woman at all. It's just like, just be quiet and get on with it. Do what everyone wants you to do. Not don't, don't be a diva. Don't cause a scene. Don't be too much. Don't just be agreeable. And then life, was apparently going to be easier so yeah that's all I did for a very long time but when it came to it the straw that broke the camel's back was I was like I just want we'd made a record with loads of strings and brass and I was like okay okay I really love orchestral stuff like that's that's something in music I can get on board with we're about to go to make another album I really want let's let's just focus on that focus on that being able to make some lush orchestral stuff and uh, the band didn't want brass or strings on the next record and I was like no <laughs> like, are you kidding me so yeah it was that really that made me go I've I've can't just life is too fucking short I can't do this anymore and 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 so I had to make the space for me as a just a, my personality even I had to not feel shit every day about what my personality is like and secondary to that actually was I need to make music that I'm care about and love and I'm proud of and, I, and it's not a compromise but even that it was really fed to me you know not by again caveat all the time nobody specifically did this but it just had a there was a general vibe that like my what I wanted to do wasn't cool <laughs> I don't know how else to say it um and it that's so wrong because it's so cool <laughs> what I do is like yeah, there's nothing cooler than being real and you know and and there was no reality in you know trying to be in a cool band for me yeah it just sounds like a 
a myth alignment or like a not a, a myth fit. Absolutely. And you could get him on a podcast and he'll be like, she wants to do all this shit I fucking hate. And she was Mardi and she was this and she was that. You know, I, I'm a dickhead. I was absolutely as much of a miserable presence for them as they were for me. Like, I'm not I'm really not saying like, they were mean uh, at all. But it, yeah, misaligned. And then and what I learn now is like, if you're going to make art, it's very hard to make art at all. It's really hard to make art that anyone can connect with. And, and and if you're diluting it with too many sort of cooks at the pot or whatever, sometimes it can make magic, but uh, most of the time, I think it just makes a sort of diluted, confused uh, sort of MO. And and for the most part, I, you know, I'm glad, you know, he, he's making solo records now and they are, you know, they, they're beautiful and they aren't encumbered by my like need to wail and have a pop star moment. So, you know, it, the right thing happened for everybody, I think anyway. But I think it's it's hard when you're in it to be like, it's it's just a complicated one, isn't it? Of kind of um, removing yourself from a situation like that, and it's that kind of yeah, it's that inherent feeling of like I don't know what it is exactly that I'm doing, but whatever it is seems to be displeasing the people around me, and I can't I can't understand why I can't gauge why my intentions seem to be just the wrong ones, and then a lot of the time it's because they scare people, like you know what I mean of like wanting to have that freedom and that vulnerability and that honesty it frightens people that you're capable of being in tune with that i think so many people yeah. can't handle that because because everyone would like oh to be that's able to do so that. true that's my Isn't theory it true? like especially when like i now and again i still encounter quite like bitchy women um who really don't agree with my lifestyle <laughs> and, and i'm you know, it's just love. It's it, again. It's another thing that it's not. It doesn't come naturally. It does. It's not a knee jerk at all. But I'm I'm capable of understanding. I just represent the choices you could have made, and and you and and nobody wants to feel. I don't want to feel like fuck. What might that have been better? Shit. I, you know, I'm capable of that too. Uh, being it's like yeah, you're right. And and as human beings, we just become defensive and and behave bizarrely. That then has. Especially if you're as sensitive as me. God, it's... so. Some people in my life would have been like, I never did that. And I'd be like, they did this. <laughs> they looked at me like this. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you know, and, and that's also not anyone else's fault. I am... I, <laughs> no, I'm exactly the same. Like, they said it with their eyes. No, they're the... They're the, they're the, they're the they I was like, it. you're not a mind reader. <laughs> like, so why have you decided what the power amount this person definitely thinks? I'm like, oh, God, yeah. But yeah, uh, I... It's baby steps, isn't it? Like, but yeah, the more spreading that your eloquence just then is like, oh, felt like taking my trousers off. Like, oh, it's a lovely <laughs> feeling. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> um, I would love to ask. So obviously, your album is—it's a real journey of kind of pain and heartbreak to kind of freedom and reclamation. It's really powerful to listen to. I would love if you could tell us a bit of the story behind it. Like, I know you kind of already did of saying it, it, it was you getting to that breaking point of being like, you know what, I'm just going to say what I fucking want because why the fuck not? But I would love if you could talk a bit more about that. I sort of found the sound on the first record, I thought, and and lyrically, it's it's never an issue for me lyrically. I've always got something I want to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I basically, I had a really shit, I had a shit one where I had, you know, se the sexual assault that wasn't, clear cut you know and 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 it's you know something i'm still working on which is like how can you you can't it's it's such a tough one isn't it justice is so unlikely uh, and and then especially when you add in to the fact that like if you you feel 
it's hard to talk about it, but like complicit wise, it's muddy. It's it's a grey area. It's a fucking grey area. You know, like um, my I may destroy you. When I watched I may destroy, I was like fucking hell. Yeah, this this and and this is why, and 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 it's very very difficult to to get over it if you can't be like this bad person did this. You know, yeah, and you uh, and that was fucking like commandeering my life was this like I don't know how to get move forward and and so the record really there was no way I wasn't gonna be working through that on it and 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 because what I now see is if something's so many things happen to me or I do things that are shitty and and I'm like I don't how do we I can't get over it I can't I just hold on all the time to this these negative emotions and the songs help me Sometimes they help me get my side out, you know, or my vague side out. So that was enough. Like some of the songs that deal with the sexual assault, I'm like, oh, like that's a bit of a help because I've been able to articulate something I can never speak about. I could never name a name, you know, like, and that's something I've got to live with. But yeah, just articulating even a little bit, it, it was helpful. And then also, like, if I've been a dick, sort of saying it helps me be, like, heal from and learn from my dickness as well. And, and yeah, so the whole album is just, like, <laughs> a combo of those things. And and I used to write songs just, um, I don't know, with, like, a, an agenda which was, like, you've hurt me um, and this song is going to really make you change your mind and want me... <laughs> And um, I don't, I just, because my romantic relationships just don't sort of operate in that way anymore. I, that's not what I'm writing about anymore. And 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 it's almost like we've cut through this sort of uh, chaff or whatever, and this is the meat, <laughs> wheat. <laughs> um. Well, no, it feels like this is your purest voice, isn't it? You know, you've really gotten to a point where you're like, I am sharing the rawest, deepest stuff. And, and I just have to say, as a survivor of sexual assault, I'm so grateful that, you have uh, you know I didn't want to assume that that was the, the story of the album but I definitely felt it when I was listening and I was like no I'm projecting but <laughs> to hear that I wasn't just projecting yeah. it you have made me feel less alone as you you work as done countless times and I know I'm not the only one who feels that way there are countless people that you've made feel less alone in your bravery to talk about such things in such a poetic coherent way like and it's so painful to talk about so I would never make you want to talk about it but like I'm just I'm very grateful and thank you for sharing yeah no thank you and like I I think as well just as a sort of concept artistically I'm like what do I do about the fact that I still love being a fucking sexy bitch do you know what I mean like the 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 thing it took from me was like I love having a laugh I love having sex I love having multiple partners I love doing what I want I love not being scared of my life. And you've took all that in an instant. And, and you know, this is a societal thing as well, isn't it? But, like, you can't, you know, I will, I can never... You know, the way they held that girl's knickers up in the court is, like, the... Do you know that story? And they were like, she was wearing lacy knickers, so what did she expect was going to happen, do you know? And, like, that as a just overriding concept that still tracks for a lot of people in this world, you know? It's that's a viable fucking thing to say. I've... You know, that's all consuming to me mentally. And so the album sounds like that because I'm like, I'm just trying to make sense of that or change that or or, or just... And it's all very selfish. It's all very much for me. And and thank God by, a byproduct is helping other people because I love to do that. And uh, But yeah, no, I, I say it all the time as a bit of a joke, but like I had to speak and write like this 
because I'm going crackers. <laughs> and, and and it's such a tough subject, you know. It's a fucking hard subject where you... I mean, there's no, uh, it feels like there's nothing like it in any other crime that, that, that puts a victim through worse than the crime itself. Like, the, the, what we, is worse is what they do to you if you want to say anything about it. That's wild. Yeah. If you seek justice or if you attempt to, even like, even talking to friends, you know what I mean? It's, so, it's such a complicated thing and, like, people don't know how to deal with it. And, like... My heart's racing now that I'm even alluding to it and I'm like, fuck, 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 you know... Uh, uh, so yeah, the album is is my tiny way of regaining control and also celebrating the person I am who didn't deserve that. You know, just because I like I'm not a your normal pious fucking woman. You know, so when it happened, I was like, well, it was a matter of time before this happened to you because you live really dangerously, and I actually don't. You know, I just live like I deserve to live. You don't. And it, I was lucky. You know. Oh, but I. I'm so grateful. I'm so, so grateful you, but like, fuck me. Like everything you were saying, like, it's that thing of, you know, uh, as a person who was hypersexual, like, you know, I, I loved a good time mm-hmm. before it happened to me. And after it happened to me, navigating that, mm-hmm. it's really hard and figuring out of how to be a good victim of everybody expects you to be crying in a shower. Everybody wants you crying in the fucking shower. And I'm like, but what if I want to still be a sexual person? And how do I navigate that? And I think your music put that into words for me which I've never been able to do so I'm very grateful goosebumps (laughs) yeah amazing thank you so a slight pivot I would love to talk about um the importance you've spoken a bit about this the importance of kind of claiming your queer identity publicly and kind of advocating for the queer community um I'd love to talk about I'd love if you could talk about why that was so important to you and what you've learned about yourself through doing that yeah I mean do you know what? I'm I'm starting to say pansexual. I feel like a dickhead. Like I feel like I'm like a boomer. No, I've been starting to say it yeah. too. I, I feel it as well. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, I'm about to. I'm yeah, bisexual or whatever you want to call it. Like any gender or you know. But for a long time in Rotherham <laughs> in, in, in the nineties, in the it was like I liked women as well as men, and I liked them equally. And um, it was never like a massive deal for me. I really. But but then I do have this context that, like, I was in a band that toured. Like, uh, you know, my I've got another friend who's queer and we were in the same class and, you know, they had a real job and they, it was very difficult for them to... It's, it's just wild in such recent history, I think, that it's been news at all, you know, to be to, to, to be queer. But, um, yeah, I suppose I'm just... I did a long... It always felt uncomfortable to me because I was, you know... My public person in a band and you could come and see it and and I sang songs and and I, and they were and they were always about men but I didn't I, you know they weren't necessarily about men and that's that was just like boring shit felt very um felt really ashamed of it and yeah so as soon as I could in a way again caveat 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 um no one made me feel this way but it felt like if I came out in the band it would be a bit of a like uh people would think I'm doing it as a thing or a phase or a you know and 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 it's very hard when you're in a band because you're representing not just yourself and what I realized is like that was really difficult because when you're trying to represent this (laughs) you need as much space as possible to it's it's hard actually I I think like to be completely straight or completely gay it's slightly easier um, in terms of 
how you communicate that uh, and how it makes sense for other people. But yeah, it's just important to me to be open about it. But then it's important for me to like not really have, you know, I've been invited on podcasts to talk about being bisexual and I'm not doing that. I'm not, it's not news. I've got nothing to say about it. <laughs> and then the queer community in general has always been, it was always, always, you know, if there was like a gay guy at a slow club show, I'd be like, yeah, I see you. <laughs> my people, my people, my people. Like I have always obviously for obvious reasons felt more comfortable in the company of queer people yeah and i'm learning all the time in the last six or seven years it's everything is changing about identity and gender and, and sexuality and, and like like i joked about being a boomer but you know i essentially am <laughs> and and you know at the the way that the world is opening up and the ideologies that are now out there and they are second nature to the fact that like even my mum could understand what you know she there um they them is <laughs> like that's very exciting to me i didn't think that would happen in my lifetime where like true pivot and and changes in perception obviously there's all the shit that hasn't changed but the idea that is very very you know steve from my year at school who uh, would not understand now that i'm pansexual and that's not mind-blowing that's cool. I did, honestly didn't like that's. I mean, I'm only 35, but that's how recently it was and all right, you know. So that is why I'm just, yeah, pretty focused uh, on helping people feel all right about who they are. And and a lot of people don't feel about all right about who they are. I happen to be queer still, which is slightly shit. I also think, especially with pansexuality, bisexuality, there's just so much baseline erasure of like, oh, well, either you're with a girl for attention or like, you know, like it's just... There's just but general bi-ratio. Like, we talk about this. We've talked about this on the podcast quite a lot. And it's, you know, it's so important to have that representation and just have someone be like, yes. Like, and like, I love you saying, there's not even that much to say about it. It's just like, the fact that you are now present and public and it's important. And it's, you know, and I'm so glad Steve's caught on. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's really good. It it's was really news. It was news for him. But now, it, <laughs> this guy doesn't exist. But do you know what I mean? Like, it... it when I think back through my childhood and, and my teens and my sexual coming of age and, you know, I was, I was bisexual right away. And, but there was no, there was no lexicon for me there. There was no point of reference. There was nothing. It was, and, you know, and that meant I didn't have a relationship with properly with with a woman till my mid, mid to late twenties. And, you know, I'm pissed off about that. I wasn't, that's not fair either. All the girls I could have been sleeping with. <laughs> <laughs> All the slow club fans left unshagged by me. <laughs> so I love how your album really offers, like, to me it offers kind of practical advice. It feels like it's like reminding you to breathe and like breaking out of negative thought patterns. Like, I think I love the way you talk about your thought process. I mean... I've, I've gushed about you a lot this episode. <laughs> but um, I would love to ask, what are some of the tools you use to help yourself feel at home in your body? Um, like, what are things that make you feel nice and grounded? Yeah, I mean, I hate answering with this, but do you know what? It smells. Making things, nice smells is like my mm-hmm. only, when my girlfriends are like fucking done or I'm heartbroken or, you know, self-esteem out the window, I'm like, just get the fucking candle going baby like it's like it's the best thing you can do for <laughs> yeah. yourself it's just it's the night like i really wish i had a better answer but um for me if it's all the fucking shit has hit the wall again it's like how do i make my environment 
be loving towards me or something, I guess. And like completely. Yeah, and and like prioritize pleasure really as a as a concept is is about how I bring bring it back to me or how I that loving yourself. It, it's a real motherfucker of a sentence, I think. Like when I first started therapy, she was like, "You hate yourself." And I was like, "Yeah, lol." Um, and she was like, "You need to love yourself." And I'm like, "How?" It's all you know. I think we've been fed a real sanitized like live laugh love placard kind of you know way of doing it, but. And only now, having gone through quite a few years of trying, and it's so slow and, and, and it takes so long, but these incremental little things, as stupid as a really nice smelling fucking candle, uh, you know, that is where it starts. It's like p- putting yourself first. Your needs aren't stupid and your needs aren't mm. selfish. Um, so that's, yeah. And then, you know, order the fucking pizza if you think that's going to make today a bit better than it was or you know, say no to the thing you don't want to go to. Like, uh, it's all those things that, that, that I don't know about you guys, but fuck me, I, I've been made to think I'm really a selfish arsehole if I don't want to spend £400 on someone's hendo that I won't have much fun at, you know? Like, and that's as simple as that, where I'm like, oh, I, I don't have to do that. I love, well, yeah, it's, it, that's a two-pronged thing for me. I'm like, one creating a space for yourself and going I'm worthy of nice things and I'm worthy of creating a lovely environment for myself and then two it's like I don't have to do anything I don't fucking mm-hmm. want to do like anything mm-hmm. that makes you feel weird or uncomfortable you don't have to do mm-hmm. that like I'm so glad you said mm-hmm. that about the Hindus no it's a bit important <laughs> that that really is the uh, aha for me was was that I'm, I'm doing all these interviews and I'm like what is prioritized pleasure and you know male journalist journalists especially like She's going to say vibrator. She's going to say vibrator. And I don't. I'm like, sorry, it's me. I want to go home when I want to go home. You know, the amount of like, no, stay for one more. And I'm like, I don't want to, but I feel such guilt that now I'm out having another drink I don't want, another drink that's going to make me feel worse or make me do more stupid things or send madder text messages. And also, this isn't for me, it's for you. And and, and it really is as simple as like going home when you want to. <laughs> that's what I'm preaching. Yeah. Well, going like things that make you uncomfortable rather than swallowing them down like we've all been taught to do as women. No, because it comes at a fucking cost to you. Like, no, you are worth leaving when you feel uncomfortable. Like, you don't ever have to sit and put up with that feeling. Like, was it Kim Cattrall says? I don't ever want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be in a situation that makes me unhappy for more than an hour. I'm like, yeah. That was so spot on. I've misquoted that, but so good. Yeah. Yeah, and and isn't it sad that that's groundbreaking? Because, you know, I've got straight male friends <laughs> who are like, can't, cannot compute that that I've ever been this addled with shit, you know? Because they've just never, if they want to go home, they go home. Like, they, it's so weird. It's, it's, it's a domino effect and it's not as simple and clear cut as this. Obviously, it's all more, really multifactorial about who you are, where you're from, everything, everything you've been through. But for the most part, I've just always not done what I want. And that, that it can be as serious as, you know, when I, I didn't want to do that, but I'm going to do it because you want me to do it sexually or whatever. And that's, you know, where you get into that shit I spoke about earlier. Or is like, what feels sort of silly and nothing as like, yeah, I want to go in from the pub. No, mate, I don't want to have another one because you fancy someone at the bar so we've got to stay longer, you know? They're as damaging. And I know it sounds sort of stupid, but... It really is because that informs the other, and yeah. Anyway, I really do sound three AM right now. 
It doesn't sound super tall. It sounds wonderful. You're on the right podcast. Like a lot of our podcasts is like emotional things. Yeah, good, 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 good. And I think it's such a, a good note to end on. Like prioritize what you want because what's the alternative? And we're going back to earlier in the conversation about it. Just you're just gonna feel miserable. So I don't know. With that, Rebecca, it's been so wonderful listening to you. I've like felt like I've listened to you and your music, and then listened to you here today. And you just have so much wisdom to share, and I think can help so many. So thank you so much for for joining us on the podcast. And just one question we like to end on: we'd love to know how we, like Honey and I, and then our listeners can support you and your work. Oh uh, yeah, just stream the record or, or buy it. That's even better. Um, my website is selfesteem.love. I'm touring next year in March. A few of them are sold out already because I'm having my 15 minutes of fame, apparently. I'm playing literally every festival you've ever heard of, including, like, Ben's Back Garden Festival next year. So um, <laughs> see me at festivals, and I've got a little book that you can buy of my poetry. Um, yeah, every, every just, just buy my shit, basically. That's how you can help. And also, you know, spread the word. Share it. And if your mate has got a dump, if your mates got dumped, it's my best mm. thing I want people to do is say, good. Listen to this. <laughs> my friend did just go through a hard breakup and the first thing I went was like, have you listened to something? <laughs> yeah. Listen to yeah. Something. Like, literally, I've been like bombarding people with your music. So don't worry, like yes. I've already been doing this to make me so Or oh, the amount of DMs I get where they were like, I, your album helped me leave this like shit boyfriend and I'm like oh yeah baby that's that's a good shit that's what I love <laughs> Rebecca thank you so much for joining us this has been an absolute dream my stomach and my heart never online wish they'd communicate every single morning look in the mirror and think oh, you again it's not healthy to talk this way to me so I'm gonna try say I just wanna let you ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>